hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming out to the UCB. Put your hands together. True Colors came on the radio and I was driving here and then it was just like you with the sad eyes don't be discouraged you know like did you realize that that, that's a line in there I didn't but I knew it I have a co-host on this show she's amazing her name is Rhea Butcher she's gonna come out right now let's hear it for Rhea Butcher It's me with the sad eyes. Can't remember when I last saw you laughing. That's what really got she you. She knows the whisper part. There's a whisper part. <laughs> she knows it. This one over here. Yes. She was driving, just like. <laughs> I was like, "Are you okay?" You She's know, like, that was my eighth grade graduation song. You had an eighth grade graduation yes, song. Yes, I did. Well, because the theme of our graduation in eighth grade... And it had a theme? Uh, I thought of the theme. Do I you thought of it? Do you, do of you course wanna, I do. Do you want to know what the theme was? Please tell me what the theme was. The theme was, God walks with us as we walk together. That's too much. I see your true colors. I thought of that. Shining through. And it's just a full sentence that's also. A, that's a lot of feet. God walks with us as we walk together. I, I remember I stood up. I was in eighth grade English, and I was like, <laughs> oh, they're going to love this. You know? <laughs> Excuse me, Miss Bermier. I guys, got it. Were you guys even talking about themes for eighth grade graduation? <laughs> no. Nah, were you talking like, about like Illinois state law or something like that? And you were, we're like, probably, I got a theme. We were probably talking about the memorial games. Did you have the memorial games at your eighth grade? Oh, you no, remember? No, I you wasn't remember. in the Hunger no. Games. Do you remember? <laughs> do you remember in eighth grade where what would happen was? <laughs> do you remember? In you guys, we've been traveling a lot. <laughs> Yeah, she's Cameron Esposito. I'm Rhea Butcher. Rem- that's Rhea. Just to do let you, you guys know. When Thank in, you. Do you remember in eighth grade when each of the three homerooms had to pick a team name for their basketball team that would be only existing in that year? And then every- Are you guys getting any of this? I don't understand. <laughs> and then they would play each other in a round-robin tournament. And with... A halftime show that was choreographed by kids. <laughs> the, the kids that were also in it. But no boys danced in the halftime show, but girls did play basketball. 
Title Nine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Title Nine. Yeah. And then you picked a team name of your team, and then everybody had to have a name of themselves that fit the theme of the team. So, like, I was part of I was part of Vermeer's Bulldogs, and so my name was Cameron Tintin. Oh my God, this is. <laughs> This is like arrested development levels. <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember in eighth grade when you were part of the Livering Rosary? Here's what would happen. <laughs> Did you just ask me if I was part of the Livering Rosary? Yes. <laughs> this is going quite well. <laughs> what would happen was. <laughs> You played on a basketball team. No. And you did the Each rosary. Each member of the eighth grade class was a bead. <laughs> <laughs> and a living rosary. <laughs> and you would go to church and you had to have a sweatshirt. <laughs> you had to have a sweatshirt with all the names of all the kids in the class, but if you were a special kid, then you weren't an Our Father, You Are a Glory Be, which then you got to have a white sweatshirt. I was one of those kids. <laughs> so then you walk around in a circle and say Hail Mary, everybody would say at church? Yeah. That was what it was. <laughs> Sounds like a like a really intensely religious version of Duck Duck Goose. It was. It was totally that. We got when you were in eighth grade, you had to do all the cool shit. Living station to the cross. Yeah. Oh, where you act out when that person was killed. That's right. Brutally. Yeah. If you were really lucky one, you were like, I'm the whipping one, you know, or whatever. <laughs> Then, I really like poker, so I always like getting the throwing lots. I'm really into gambling. I don't know. That's not part of the Stations of the Cross. Throwing lots? Yeah, it is. No. It's the party on the side of the Stations of the Cross. What? <laughs> the Stations of the You're Cross? You're confused by what I'm saying right now? <laughs> <laughs> There's no reference to any parties on either side. The Stations of the Cross is like, Jesus is so no, sad. I, I he makes his that. face clean. Sure. He gets on the cross. <laughs> he carries Summary. it a while. Yeah. He carries it. No, the soldiers throw lots for Jesus' clothes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, I don't think that's in the Stations of the Cross. I, like I said, it's a side party. Yeah. <laughs> it's optional. I mean, you're right. That's true. Uh, you're right. It's like, it's How, like the tailgating of the cross. Do you know what is... <laughs> Oh, what's the buzz? Tell me what's a happening. Do you remember when you're in eighth grade and you would get to be the people who get their feet washed? What would happen was the priest would pick 12 children. Oh boy. And wash their feet at church. That was part of it, too. Eighth grade. Do you know what was the craziest part of eighth grade? You know what I'm going to talk about. Crazier than foot washing? Yes. <laughs> you know it's going to be great things happen when God mixes with us. You guys remember this? 
Well, you were hanging out with my whole family over New Year's Eve. I did hang New out Year's with your Eve. whole family. And, and full disclosure, we both went to Catholic school, but Cameron was raised Catholic, and I just went there because I don't know why I went there, yeah. honestly. <laughs> my parents were like, I don't know, it's a good idea, or my mom was. They were like, we know. need to save up for something. You know? Sure, so, yeah. <laughs> we'll put you somewhere. Uh, at, there was a certain point in New Year's Eve when the Spotify playlist stopped for a second, <laughs> and yeah. then one of my sisters started singing a church song, and then it just then like a like a mega mix <laughs> of church songs happened. Everybody well, started like singing 15, church 20 songs. Minutes. Yeah, you pulled out like just like super weird ones that Catholics don't sing. It was very much like like what I don't know. What did you sing? Like Baby Baby by Amy Grant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're thinking of Christians, <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about cool cats that are into rock music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, when you're at the at the end, at the final all school mass of the year, oh, I remember that. Yeah, kind of a big deal. <laughs> the final song of the final all school mass every year was always "Great Things Happen When God Mixes with Us." Here's how it goes: Great things happen when God mixes with us. Great things happen when God mixes with us. Great and beautiful, wonderful things. Great things happen when God mixed with us. Beautiful song. The thing about it <laughs> is that that clap at the end. Yeah. You're not. Allowed, we're not allowed to clap in church. Or right. Like make a ruckus at all. It's like very solemn. Very. Terrible place. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty full of the stations, as it were. <laughs> yeah. But every year, once a year, we got to do that one synchronized clap. Yeah. And it'd be so stressful because if you missed it, ha ha, go fuck yourself 365 <laughs> <year>. more days. <laughs> so there was a There's lot of not pressure. Gonna be any more fun in church for a whole nother year. Yeah. So you better catch this clap. It was like. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, you were really trying to catch the clap. You better catch the clap! <laughs> I... Yes. So what... So, when you're in eighth grade, so much pressure. Yeah. Because it's your final clap. Yeah. <laughs> Don't blow it! You know? <laughs> God walks with us as we walk together. Yeah. I... A couple years ago, I caught it at Christmas. Yeah, do you guys feel like you need to do it? You remember how it goes. At the end, it's one beat, it's one beat, and then a double clap. Great things happen when God makes with us. Great, you don't have to sing, you can't, you don't have to. But just fucking get ready for that clap. You, you miss it. Don't miss the clap. I'm not gonna do this again at a show. You better catch the clap. You're eighth graders, all right? You've already had the Stations of the Cross. You already had the Living Rosary. You were all white sweatshirts. <laughs> Make sure you catch the clap. Great things happen when God makes with us. Great things happen when God makes with us. Great and beautiful, wonderful things. Great things happen when God mixed with us. Yes! Woo! We oh got my the God, clap. that was so visceral for me! <laughs> ah! 
I took it you back. Took it back. That's right. Yeah. Fuck, 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 fuck. You know, like <laughs> I did that, and then it's my wife, and I'm saying fuck a lot. So. <laughs> been to mass in so long i used to be so into it as you know i do i used to go to daily mass by choice in college yes <laughs> so like every day not every day but daily mass is just not sunday mass five days a week no it does it daily is the last name of mass in this situation <laughs> doesn't matter <laughs> It doesn't mean mass you go to Mass daily? every day. It means you're not going to Sunday Mass. It means you're going to a Wednesday Mass. But you oh. don't call it Wednesday Mass. Wednesday Mass, you call it Daily well, Mass. I, I mean, I understand that go concept. Fuck I thought, <laughs> me. is what I'm saying to me. Hang on, I'm going to go catch the clap. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> I w- oh, I, is it I was- anybody's first time here tonight at the show? Clap if it's your first time. <laughs> oh, good. It's like a lot of people. It's always like this. Yeah. <laughs> This is how it is, stream of consciousness. It actually, this is how it is. Rhea, I was telling our photographer Megan about the best joke I ever made. Sure. It was an interpersonal joke. You were there for it. I feel like everybody who is here for the first time is going to love this joke. Yeah. Oh man, when you hear this joke, you're going to lose your mind. <laughs> it was a conversational joke that we had uh, two years ago. Two years ago when we were with a bunch of our friends. Two years is news years ago. Two news years. Two news years ago. Two news year. Is it like it's like two news attorneys year. general? Yeah, all right. Two news year. Two news year. Happy two news year. Two. A fort a fort news year ago. <laughs> a fort news year ago when we were at rented a house with a bunch of our, our friends and. Our friends are comedians, you know, like, let's be straight. Let's, we never are. (laughs) Let's be straight. Boy, I sure do like hanging out with men. (laughs) (laughs) You really went for it. Shaking nuts in my mouth. Sure, yeah. But not like these nuts. No, not those. Like nuts, like macadamia nuts or something. (laughs) Sometimes they get stuck in the end there. And also, he's so he's He's either very he's either so tall or I have picked him up by his erection. (laughs) Back and forth. like a shake weight yeah, in there. Just working on my tricep. Just a straight lady giving a blowjob. Just, just a real straight lady giving a blowjob to a big can of nuts. Standing on a bed. Oh, I hope the snake doesn't pop out. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh boy. That is so funny. <laughs> that also shows you 
like how much stand-up I've seen. Because like this, like, you know, like this motion, which is so, like it's gross because male comics would do that all the time, but like the way I just did it, is not how they do it. They do it like, when a dude comic does his like, jerking off thing, you can tell that like, oh, that's... That's how he does. How that. you do that? Like you can like really see. It's like never with their. No, it's like never with the hand. It's never with the their. You know. It's like very intense. You can kind of tell where the veins are. It's oh. like very specific. Sweet Christ. <laughs> I don't like to Ugh. see it. Huh. So are we gonna tell them this inside joke? Or yeah. Oh my there? God, this joke was so funny. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna be as funny as that straight lady blowjob you just gave, <laughs> but it's gonna be funny. I don't know. It's a pretty good job. <laughs> we'll see. We were with a bunch of our friends, and it was New Year's, and I knew I needed to really deliver the goods in terms of jokes. Sure. Because all night people were just really, you know, just riffing, going back and forth. And also, I was wearing Kurt Bronner's wetsuit mm-hmm. when I told this joke. Doesn't matter, just like a visual to put in your mind. <laughs> He's like about a foot taller than me, and I was wearing a wetsuit. There was a pool, and you could float in a wetsuit, is what I found out, which is a really cool experience. <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street had just come out. <laughs> Boy, did I hate that movie. She hated it. Fucking hated that movie. What? What is that movie? I don't understand. What is, what is that movie? <laughs> like, in terms of the arc of movies, so here's what happens in movies. It's like, it's like, oh, there's a problem, and then the problem is achieved, and then there's success. Or, oh, it's a sad movie. Oh, there's a problem, and then, whoop, everybody dies. So sad. The end of the movie. But that movie is like, there's no problem. This guy's fine. He's an asshole. He gets so rich. Mm-hmm. Then he gets more rich. Mm-hmm. He fucks so many ladies. Mm-hmm. Then like he gets a little bit annoyed with himself. Sure. He makes a smashed up car happen. Mm-hmm. Well, he crawls out of there. Sure. No problem. And at the end, he sold the book that this movie is based on. So the joke's on you, idiot, for seeing this. <laughs> There's no, it's just, it's just a straight fuck you arc. It's just a, so I hated that movie, but it was recently fresh in my mind, and there we were, staying at this rented Airbnb, and what was there at this Airbnb, but a little, a little um, bench in the corner of one of the walls, and on the bench was a stuffed dog, and I waited for a pause in conversation. So quiet. Could hear the water dripping from my wetsuit. <laughs> then I pointed at the dog on the bench mm-hmm. that What'd was just attached to the corner. And I said, Wolf of Wall Seat. Cameron Esposito, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this is a really good joke. It's a great joke. It's a really funny joke to say to a friend. <laughs> so if you ever find yourself in an Airbnb, and there's a built-in 
seating area. You gotta put a wall. puppy on it. Put some sort of dog. Bring a dog on it. with you, just in case. Or a pillow of a dog, or a T-shirt with a dog on it. Put that on the seat. Make Wait. sure they have a printer and Wi-Fi. Print a dog. <laughs> Point at it and say, "Wolf of Wall Street." Perfect joke. <laughs> Mixed with a. That's Cameron Esposito. Oh, that is so fun. Hey, you know what? This first comic, it is his first time on our show. First of all, we're terrific. All the comics that are bad, you're, you're, you're wiping tears from your eyes. She loved that fucking wall seat business. Shoot! So, all the comics on this are Beautiful, wonderful people. This next, com- this next comic it is his first time on the show. Whenever it is somebody's first time on this show, we go crazy welcoming them. It's super extra hard. So, guys, please, right now, let's hear it from Mr. Travis Rust. Give it up. Come on. What's up? It's your boy T-Rust. My name is Travis Rust. You can call me T-Rust if you like me. Hello. (laughs) Welcome to my set. I'm here to do jokes. Any yokey freaks in the audience by any chance? I mean karaoke. Any yokey heads in the audience? Y'all sing karaoke by any chance? Come on. There's got to be a couple. I'm a yokey fucking freak, dude. I swear by karaoke, live and die by the mic, but I have this problem. I sing rap tunes. I like to sing the rap songs, the rap tunes, but I don't want to drop the N-bomb because I feel like that would be gauche (laughs) and disrespectful. Any of you encounter this problem while singing Yoki? Some of you laughed as if you don't encounter that problem singing karaoke. (laughs) This is a crazy audience. You guys are just dropping M-bombs on karaoke. Okay. But uh, yeah, I refuse to do it. I found a solution. I found a replacement. You got to keep the flow of the song. When you're up there singing karaoke and you're doing a rap tune, just drop Buddy instead, guys. Just drop Buddy instead. You're going to be the star of the show. They're going to carry you out on your shoulders, on their shoulders, and it's gonna be tight as hell. You know that song, All Day by Kanye? Uh, 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 uh. All Day Buddy, it's perfect. (laughs) How long do buddies ball? All Day Buddy, of course, yes. That's what we do. It works for any song. Buddies in Paris, come on. Buddies in Paris, and we're going gorillas. It's great, I love it. Yahtzee. (laughs) Oh, I forgot to tell you guys, I will be dropping Yahtzee at the end of my punchline so those listeners at home can follow along. Yahtzee. (laughs) Is there anyone, uh, are there any marketing people in the audience by any chance? I'm trying to get my new persona, the LA man off the ground. (laughs) Yes, you heard it here, I am the LA man. 
I can help you figure out this crazy little downtown Los A that we like to call the concrete jungle of downtown Los A. Yes, the I'm the LA man. <laughs> A lot of you guys are expats, immigrants. I was born here, I'm an LA native. I can help you figure out this crazy twisted little jungle we like to call downtown Los A. <laughs> For example, maybe you guys took the 101 here. Do you guys know about the 101? 101 North? It confuses a lot of people. It actually runs northwest, southeast. Another helpful tip from the LA man. <laughs> Find me on Twitter. Oh, shoot. A little birdie just told me that uh, you gotta avoid the 405 tomorrow. Rush hour is gonna be bad. Another helpful tip from the L.A. man. The L.A. man needs your help. I'm talking two faves a tweet. This is bad for the L.A. man. You guys need to help me get out. There's absolutely no response to the L.A. man. L.A. man needs your help. Please contact me after the show if you can help the L.A. man. <laughs> Yahtzee. Real quick, where are my Hey Arnold Wiki contributors? Hey, put them up if you're a Hey Arnold Wiki contributor. Where are you guys? Where are my bros at? Where are my sisters at? Come on, put them up. <sighs> I'm trying to get some help on a citation. <laughs> I'm trying to edit Helga Pataki's page, but like the problem is like in season five, they switched writers, so it's like, what's canon, right? <laughs> so if anyone could help me out with that on a citation, that would be sick. <laughs> Hey Arnold Wiki, Yahtzee! <laughs> Yahtzee. I'm gonna do a joke about Muhammad Ali right now. Do you guys know who he is? He's a friend of mine, I was at his house. And I actually had to leave, I had to go to a bar in Echo Park. But as I was leaving, he tossed his hand on my shoulder, I guess like that. <laughs> and he said, hey, before you leave, uh, Travis, before you leave, comedian Travis Rust, um, I need to give you one choice piece of advice. And that is, if you ever get in a fight, you gotta float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. Now go. And I took that to heart and I remembered, okay, thank you, Muhammad Ali. I will remember that forever. And I went to the Gold Room uh, down and out bar in Echo Park and I got into a fight that very night. If you don't know, there are a lot of stabbings there. <laughs> so I took it outside and I remembered Muhammad Ali's advice. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. So I was like light on my feet ready to make the first move, and I did. I was proud of myself. So I caught him off guard, threw my arm, connected my fist into his face, embedded my fist into his face, ripped my own arm out of its socket, and died in the name of my queen. Yahtzee, it's a bee joke, y'all. It's a dang bee joke. Bee jokes are coming back. Uh, I think that's all my time. You guys are great and lovely. I love you. Bye.
she want to go on? You want to ask her if she wants to go right on? Uh, we have such an amazing fucking show. I'm going to figure out who is... Johanna, regular plan? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is the regular plan? <laughs> <laughs> she wants to wait. No, no. She wants to go now. Yep. Fuck yes. <laughs> Guys, this next comic, so happy that she could be here. I love her stuff. And I feel like it's like not... Well, she ha- she's so busy right now. She has a new busy thing in her life. She, maybe she'll tell you about it. But, uh, guys, the amazing Ali Wong. Let's hear it for Ali Wong. Come on! And I was going to come out here and complain about how my posture feels weird because I had to wear a two-piece suit all day. <laughs> Not going to do that now. <laughs> that is true about the songs and surgeries, though, because I, I had abdominal surgery. I had emergency surgery uh, to get my appendix out because my appendix was going to burst. And they didn't know what was happening to me, so I got tested like all night long. I went into the ER at like 3 p.m., and they were just testing me to figure out what was going on. They, and it's such a crazy thing when you have an appendix problem that they, like, don't even care what's going on. They're just like, we gotta fix it! And, like, both my parents, my parents are divorced, and they're never in the same room together. We're in this ER room with me, and a doctor just blew in and gave me, a, like, a full pelvic exam with both my parents in the room. <laughs> they're just like, we don't care, your appendix is gonna burst. Blank! Like, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> They gave me multiple ultrasounds. It was insane. So I had this whole crazy day from 3 p.m. to 2 in the morning. It was when they decided to do surgery. They put me in the surgery room, like, tie me down to this uh, bed, and then they roll these TVs in because they were going to do the, like, orthoscopy or whatever with the thing, just like a tiny incision. And they gave me the anesthesia, and then they were like, all right, flick on the tunes. And they played Let the Good Times Roll. <laughs> and I was like, you get to me, kidding me. <laughs> Oh, it's crazy. All right, we're going to keep the show rolling. Uh, another great comic. One of my favorite comics. She, uh, her album is out on Kill Rockstars right now, so you should definitely pick that up. You guys, give it up for Emily Heller. Keep it going for a real bush for everybody. How are you guys? Good? I'm happy to be here. Um... I have a boyfriend, uh, which is fine. Don't woo for that. <laughs> really don't. It's not better. It's not. It's basically the same. It, I mean, it's not like worse, but it's not, it's not better. That's a lie that we've been telling ourselves. It's not better. It's, I cried before sometimes. I cry now sometimes. <laughs> the only thing that has changed is the reason. I at least had a pretty good handle on why I was crying before. Like, I knew what was going on. Like, I was crying because I was alone. Now, it's like a lot vaguer. <laughs> it's like I'm crying because one of us raised our voices while we were talking about The Wire. <laughs> and it was me. 
that's not a reason. That's not a good reason. There are some things that are better about being in a relationship. Seesaws. It's like night and day, way better with another person. And that's it. <laughs> no, I mean, sex is good. It's good to have sex. But it was pretty good when it was just me. Like, I'm not going to act like that wasn't tight. I knocked it out. Sometimes I still do. You got some masturbators here. No, thanks for coming out. I love my boyfriend. He's very nice. Um, he's friends with all his ex-girlfriends, which is very weird to me. I take it as a good sign, right? It means he didn't serial kill them. You know, like they all still are okay talking to him. But I feel like it sets a really unfair precedent for me, right, for like how cool he expects me to be when we break up. And I have no intention of that. I am going to burn his house down. <laughs> I don't care if he breaks up with me or I break up with him. I'm burning it to the ground. We're moving in together. I don't have a plan. It's going to be my house, but I'm burning it to the ground. I don't understand people who stay friends with their exes. Like, that's never made sense to me. Like, why would you want to stay friends with the one person who knows what's really wrong with you? Right, put that person on a rocket ship to the moon. I never want to see them. I'm not saying kill them. I'm just saying put them on a rocket ship to the moon. If they figure out a way to survive, great for them. I don't understand why friendship is supposed to be something I would like with that person. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a consolation to me. Because why? Would, that's like the person I want to be friends with least. That's someone who has looked inside of me and really seen me and then said, no. <laughs> it's like, we don't, we don't gotta go to the movies together. It's, a, it's really okay, you can get out of my life. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a consolation. Like, would it be any consolation to you if you got fired from your job? Would it be any consolation to you if your boss was like, but hey, if you want, you can still come use the microwave? <laughs> Ah, I know how much you like that when you worked here. <laughs> I, uh, I think um, I, don't, I don't believe in reincarnation. I think it's really interesting talking to people who do. Does anyone here believe in reincarnation? No? I guess it doesn't happen that often. <laughs> I think it's interesting, like, a lot of times when you talk to people about reincarnation or, like, past lives, they're like, yeah, I think I was, like, Cleopatra. You know, like, I was a king, definitely, for sure. Like, that's why now I really enjoy getting what I want. It's, like, this really interesting thing about me. It's so weird. I think they think it's a brag. Like, well, it'll make me think they're more important. Um, but that doesn't work at all. Because if you know anything about how reincarnation is supposed to work, uh, if you were good in a past life, you come back as something better. Uh, and if you were bad in a past life, you come back as something worse. 
So like if you're telling me that in a past life you were a king and now you work at Applebee's, <laughs> like you were a shitty king. <laughs> like you were terrible at being a king. It's not a brag. If you want to brag about what you were in a past life, say you were a bug or something. Like that's a brag. Like. Say you were an ant. Like, do you have any idea how kick-ass of an ant I'd have to be to come back as a white woman in America? <laughs> I would have been the best ant there ever was of all time. Yeah, I ruined Hitler's picnic. That was me. <laughs> he was reaching for the potato salad. I was all up in there. And he was like, oh, well, this sucks. <laughs> in retrospect, I might have made him mad, and that's probably not a good idea. I'm sorry. I take full responsibility. I'm in therapy. I'm in therapy. I, I think therapy's great. Everyone should be in therapy. Um, definitely, everyone should be in therapy. Uh, not for your sake, for your friends. They don't want to hear that shit anymore. I'm serious. If you think you don't need therapy, here's what I want you to do. Tell your best friend that you're thinking about it. See how relieved they look. That's all I'm saying. And like, I'm a happy person in therapy. I still like it. I'm a happy person. Sometimes I think I'm depressed, but then usually I just have to take my bra off. <laughs> and it's like, oh, that's what that was. <laughs> I'm a happy person in therapy, which means I walk in there with the confidence that I imagine people who floss have when they go to the dentist. <laughs> Just like, we're probably not gonna find anything, but let's take a look, huh? It's like showing up for a test I've studied for. I don't think I'm going to therapy to get better so much as I am just waiting for the day when my therapist tells me I'm her favorite client. That's for me. That is a very, is there a rotary phone in here right now? Is the president of 1923 calling you? I guess that would just be like whoever was president then, but I don't read, so I don't know who that is. I actually have to go. Uh, before I go, I'm going to do something really quick that Cameron asked me to do. Um, this might be a terrible way to end my set for a podcast, but uh, I mean, it's 100% a terrible way to end my set for a podcast. But uh, they were talking a lot about the song True Colors before and like bragging that they knew the words, which, okay, great for you. Um, I know how to sing that song in sign language. Well, okay, not sign language, but sign language that my music teacher made up. But some of it I think is real. I'm not sure which of it is real. So if there's anyone here who knows sign language, don't correct me, it'll hurt my feelings. Um, Cameron, are you gonna sing it with me? I'll sing it. <laughs> yeah, stay but back. I want, but I just want them to see, because you did it backstage and it was so glorious. Okay. Just do the hands. I'll do the hands, so, okay. But you have to sing also. I will, I'll, I'll sing also. All right. You with the sad eyes, don't be, I forget discouraged, to realize it's hard, hard to, to take, take courage. courage in a world full of people. You can lose sight of <laughs> the darkness inside you. Make Makes you feel so small. But I see your true colors. True And that's why I love you so. Don't be afraid. 
let them shine. True colors, true colors, true colors. Well, that's the end part. Are beautiful. <laughs> Like, like a, a rainbow. Yeah, you're right. She gets sad again. Thank you guys very much. I, I, I said that she had to do it. She just started doing that backstage. It was like a real fuck you, you know? I love Emily. Let's hear it for Emily Heller. Emily is amazing. Allie is amazing. Oh, that was fucking fun. Do you realize how, how lucky and cool that was? Are you even aware of your lives? Do you know where you are in the atmosphere? Like, what is happening for you? This is fucking insane. Also, like, straight up, Allie's like, oh, I had a baby 10 weeks ago. This is my first time back on stage. Killing it. Hilarious comic. Professional writer. Also, two female hosts on this show. Butch fucking dykes. Two butch fucking dykes. Pregnant lady who just had a baby. Emily Heller, amazing comic. Unreal. Dry. That's kind of different from me. I'm big, you know? I'm explosive. She's like raw. But the writing is fucking there. We got two comics left on the show. One fucking dude. Cool, chill, chill. He's pretty great. <laughs> but also then, like, uh, an amazing final comic who is, like, a personal hero of mine who I fucking... I love the things that she does on the internet when she's fighting for my right to party as a woman in a safe space. And... <laughs> she's come out here and tell jokes. But you don't even understand that that's happening. Like, you're not even... I don't even know if you're even knowing. I don't know if you know. Pretty dude-heavy audience tonight, too. A lot of fucking beards. So many beards. Beards all over the place. It's just, look at what's happening to you. And the sort of confrontation. Just notice our viewpoint. So cool. So interesting, such a wide spectrum as if women live different lives and are different races sometimes. Almost like as if women are different races. It's almost like as if when you mean women, you don't mean white people, which is an interesting thing to think about as well. I love when people say women or blacks, and that's an interesting thing that a lot of people say. Women or blacks. Women or blacks. Women or blacks. Black people or women. When I'm talking to you, I'm either talking to black people or women. Do you, do you, has, it, has anything happened in your mind while I've been saying this? It's not, it's not black, it's not, it's not black people or women, it's black people are women. And women are black people. There are black, there are black women. Do you guys know about black women? Asian women. Yeah. There was one here tonight. That drives me insane. 
That's a real thing. I hate it when people talk about... I mean, if you've been to the show at all before, you know that I'm fucking furious about Hillary because I love her and I think she is presidential. Presidential. Did she have some shit go on in her voting record? Yeah. She's fucking presidential. Has she, like... Made some alliances with corporate America. Yeah. She's fucking presidential. (laughs) It's as if you live in a world where there has never been a president. (laughs) When you talk about Hillary Clinton having some bad shit in her voting record and having some... She's also served our country since she was a baby. Baby, she is a. She is a sen- She was a senator, secretary of state. That's the stuff she did. Also, first lady. She's living. The- yeah, I'm stressed. I think it's gonna be weird if she's elected and Bill is also in the White House. I do actually think that's gonna be weird, just in terms of like power structures. And I don't really, you know, I, yeah, for sure. Which is why I would like Michelle Obama to stay on as first lady. <laughs> And Hillary to be president. (laughs) And I have fan fiction about that. (laughs) They're so strong. And Michelle has such nice shoulders. (laughs) They're so strong. They're such strong. I'm so so furious about this. You know why? Because if I say that I like Hillary Clinton, especially on the internet, but also just look at your fucking eyes staring at me with this judgment. yourselves. I like her. I think she is presidential. I also think she is relatable. To me, she is relatable. Because people shit on her for the way that she looks. And people don't take her seriously because of the way her voice sounds. And people don't think she could be president because she is a fucking woman. And that is exactly what it is like to be a female comic. So when I look at her, I'm like, yeah, baby, you go. You fucking go. You get us that sitcom girl. <laughs> I relate to her. Obviously, also, I think she's, you know, I, there's a ways I don't relate to her. She's a, she's a politician. You're not supposed to actually be able to relate to politicians. And Bernie Sanders is a cool dude. He's a fucking cool dude. I hope that Hillary, when she wins, appoints him to, like, a pretty, you know, cool, responsible position where he tells people not to do shit, but he cannot be president. You are deluding yourself if you think he can be president. He will not be president. There there will not be a president, Bernie Sanders. If he is the nominee and Trump is the nominee, take a minute. Actually imagine that debate. Like Bernie... He's, he's got some great points on the issues. He's also talking about an America that will never happen. Like where each of us gets a pony. <laughs> and that pony stops wars. <laughs> With healthcare. And global cooling. Like it's like... Those are not actually things 
things a president can do, like the things he wants to do, are not things that one person can do. As a country, I'm glad we have him so that we can listen to him, so we can realize where we are fucking up and so that we can all be better, but you can't have a president in office and then suddenly like everything is fucking different and there's no special interests and like and the, the and oil runs on the streets because it's free and it's like and cars are made of sugar dust. Like it's not, none of this is real. So he would say his magical thinking, and then Trump would say his magical thinking. But Trump's magical thinking is scarier. And also, Trump is better at delivering his magical thinking. Like, it's fascinating, Trump's magical thinking, you know, things like, we need to close the borders. We need to make sure that America is for Americans. And Donald Trump has married only women that were not born in the United States of America. Like in his own household, that is not true. He has not built a wall around his bedroom or dick. But he's crazy. I just like, I just have this vision where Donald Trump, God, like, is he actually gonna be, is that gonna fucking happen? I know you're saying no, but like, what is gonna happen instead? I don't mean president. What I mean is, is he going to be the Republican candidate? Like, does it, does, that seems like that's gonna happen. Like, how, what would happen, what is, you're shaking your head, what's the alternative, what do you think is gonna happen in like the next, like, what is, what's gonna magically happen that there's a different Republican candidate? I don't know either, like, because there's no other person that I could see suddenly making sense. Like, it's like, they're all, it's a real squish pile. There's no John McCain. Like, there's no sensible person. So it might be him that's the Republican nominee. It's crazy to think about and then shrieking with his like fake tan. <laughs> but then imagine, he's like in an arena or whatever, screaming about how like his daughter is totally fuckable. <laughs> and then you just hear like the sounds of an eagle, just the like the scream. <laughs> of an eagle, like the scream. And this, by the way, the thing that he's in is a baseball stadium with a retractable roof. <laughs> so he's like saying whatever nonsense, like gay people should marry my daughter only if they're men. You know, like it's whatever he's saying. And then you, the roof retracts and then you just hear the screaming eagle and it's my candidate, <laughs> Hillary Rodham Clinton. <laughs> She's being carried in by a drone. <laughs> the eagle was a red herring. <laughs> the drone has a speaker on it and it's playing the sound of an eagle. She comes in and just 
like lands right on top of him. <laughs> just smashes his little body. And th- like he's not hurt, but he just somehow gets like hammered in like a peg and a children's toy. <laughs> and then it just his little head is the only thing left. But his hair makes a perfect standing place. <laughs> then she delivers her speech. And it's like so much about Planned Parenthood being amazing. (laughs) And then all the women, which are 51% of our country, all the women, which are 51% of our country, we are not a fucking minority group. All the women suddenly realize, wait a minute, choosing to love a woman and devote ourselves to a female politician doesn't make us single issue voters. Because there's like a lot of shit to being a woman. So we can all vote for her. And then she wins. (laughs) Because the women did it. Because there were more of them. (laughs) Then all those women stop having sex with men. It starts to become the plot. It starts to become the plot of Lesistrata, but it goes a little further. Because Lesistrata's like, we won't have sex with you until you do what we want, but then the men start doing what we want, and then we're like, oh, we forgot that you're useless. So then the men are like, well... What should we do? <laughs> We're like, make us TV shows because we have to work and we need stuff to watch afterwards. <laughs> but it can only be shows about women for five years. And then there can be one show about a man, but he has to have four female friends, otherwise, I won't watch it. It's called New Boy. <laughs> I think we settled that. (laughs) Speaking of men. This next comic is one of my favorite male comics. (laughs) He's made top ten men doing comedy lists all over the place. When people are looking for tweets about, like, what do men think about this? A lot of times they'll pick his tweets kind of focus on a men angle. He can get on at midnight as a men comic, but he has to have two female comics. If there's another men comic booked, then he has to be on a different night. But I really love this guy's stuff. You're gonna love his stuff. I know that like it's hard to relate to a dude sometimes, but... Do you guys have room in your hearts? Can you do it? Can you try to open your mind? Please welcome the stage, my friend and yours, Mr. Max Silvestri. What's up? I'm a dude! You guys are all excited for dude opinions now. Uh, 
Got a lot of cool, you know, I got a lot of like stuff that's definitely gonna rival uh, Allie <laughs> giving birth to a child. <laughs> the struggle for a female president uh, funding a Planned Parenthood. I've got a bit about, don't you hate it <laughs> when your opinions are listened to too closely? Uh, <laughs> I just didn't even think of what I was saying and then everyone just got all quiet and paid attention and then enacted my desires. Um, I got a lot of soft bits about pop song lyrics that don't make sense to me or whatever. Serious stuff. Um, uh, you guys are a smart crowd here and I'm sure listening uh, at home. It's always uh, tough to come out as the token. Um, no, you guys are cool. You like the best comedy. Uh, it's hard to live up to that. Best comedy, like The Martian. You know, I don't, I'm trying to change with the times, have more of my punchlines, be potato, uh, or disco, or, how, or disco's bad, uh, or the song Staying Alive when you want to be alive. Um, it's great, great bits. <laughs> Vintage disco, oh my god! It's a first pressing <laughs> disco, fuck that movie. Um, I, just, uh, I just moved to LA uh, a couple months ago. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> I'm one of the many people making it harder <laughs> for those of you that already live here. Um, I'm just at my home mostly uh, with my dog. Uh, I moved with my girlfriend, but she's not at home a lot, and I'm there, and it's just a real whirlwind of me being a shut-in uh, with my dog and like I caught and I don't realize how strange I get when I don't talk to anyone all day except my dog and the other day I came out of the shower and looked in the kitchen and she was looking at me and I just ran to her <laughs> smushed her face together <laughs> with my hands and went I'm only happy when it rains <laughs> And it wasn't raining, and she just was like looking at me, and I was like, no, and I'm just like naked and soaking wet. Just like waddled back into the bathroom or whatever. And we're like, we have a cool <laughs> relationship. And she whines all the time. Like we, you know, I'm with her a lot and take her for a lot of walks, but she's always whining. So we got this trainer uh, to like sp spend an hour with her because we we're like, can you figure out why our like extremely pampered dog whines all the time and she was this um, German woman named like Javina uh, which I was like you know that's just okay fine um, and she was like you know well does the dog have uh, structure and I was like well yeah you know we, we wake up at 745 every day we take her for a walk and then feed her and uh, then every 28 minutes for the rest of the day, uh, a person four times her size races at her and screams, are you a baby? Or whatever. I mean, we mix it up. It's not always, are you a baby? Sometimes it's, are you the cutest baby? Or I'll lift her up in her front paws and dance with her and stop around or throw a whole blanket on her. You know, structure. We try to do that two to five times an hour at insanely high volume. I mean, we, we do it more if she's sleeping because we just scream, you're too cute, and jump on her. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know why she'd be anxious or feel like she's not <laughs> safe. <laughs> 
But every problem we like brought to her, she had like a real solution for. She, like we were like, oh, you know, it seems like at like 3 p.m. every day she just gets like really upset, and she's like, well, that's a hunter instinct. You need to like give her a task, like a hunter. So stuff potato or sweet pumpkin, and like she called it sweet pumpkin uh, <laughs> into a bone, and then that'll be your job. And she's a hunter again. Like everything, we were like, that's amazing. You have an answer for some everything, and then. One of the problems we'd had on this list, because we only had her for an hour, we was like, you know, we, you know, my girlfriend was like, my uh, little cousins are two and three, and every time we've like brought the dog to see her, like the, Rosie just like sc- like barks and screams at them, and seems like she's afraid of them, and it's just really scary for the kids. They're dog people, and Rosie normally likes babies and everybody. Like, why? Why is that, you know? Uh, we were just like ready for the like this perfect answer of like, she needs to have coconut once a day or whatever, and it would just like take care of it. And the woman goes, well, you know, children, they're hard. They, they have no rhythm and they just come fast and you don't know, they're like predator. And I grew up in country in, uh, you know, where I was, it was a very country farm area and there was lots of dogs. And if there had been dog that, you know, ever attacked or came at, a child it would have just been taken care of, and I, not you know, and I mean killed immediately. So and we were like, oh, <laughs> okay, uh, we're not gonna shoot her. Uh, do you have a backup plan? She's like, I don't, I don't like to have kids around the dog. <laughs> we're like, okay, fair enough. Uh, there's no, there's no pump. There's no. You put a bullet in a bone, maybe give it to the dog, kill the dog. Anyway, if you bring children, your dog, kill the dog. Um, <laughs> We definitely spend way too much time mothering uh, the dog, uh, and like the thing is, like we're 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 convinced this dog is obsessed with us, and that we are just like lights in its life. But really, it's obsessed with these like us-shaped things <laughs> that spend all our time around it and give it food. And so a thing that happens is like I'll be walking the dog, and if the, my dog sees a woman on the street that even like barely resembles my girlfriend, like basically is like under six feet tall and has brown hair and feminine, my dog is just like. Oh! It's, you know, it's like so excited and flips out. And I like, so the other day, this like woman that looked a lot like my girlfriend was like trying to walk. My dog's just like jumping at her and being like so unreasonable. And she was like, oh, she's so cute. She seems to love me. And I like, (laughs) I was trying to explain why. And I was like, oh, well, you just, you look like her mom. (laughs) And the woman sort of looked at me like, what? (laughs) I was like, no, 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 I don't mean, (laughs) I don't mean like you look like a mom dog. I mean, she, my you know, I, we call her our daughter, and you look like uh, her mom. Anyway, I mean, she's not my wife. My wife? Do you, not, do you know that? Anyway, she's not my wife. She's my partner, but we have this dog, and, you know, we, we didn't fucking make the dog. I mean, we fuck, but we didn't. Nothing's come out. I mean, I don't know what it would look like. Maybe it looked like that. I mean, fucking God willing, but I mean, probably not. I don't know who fucked the, her mom. I mean, I don't. Someone, another dog, I hope, but, you know, I don't. She, I mean, she's, but she's like my child. It's like there's half of me in there. I mean, I would never put half of myself in there. I mean, I wouldn't be able to stop it. Go the whole way. Anyway, goodbye. I should, uh, I should definitely go home. <laughs> um, the biggest decision we've made, we're not married. We have a dog. We did move together. The biggest decision we made, which is tough for any couple um, to sit down and have that talk, is decide whether uh, we're fully ready to get uh, a sectional couch. Um, it's a big upgrade from the Ikea <laughs> Ektorf we all live with in our 20s or whatever. <laughs> And the thing about you, it's, you know, a sectional is like, it's a couch that then makes a left or whatever. It's like an L-shaped thing. You guys know what it is. It's like, oh, I'm just a couch. Fuck, I'm laying down. It's like a real eye-opener. And the reason we want a one is because, you know, we're domestic and sad. All we do is uh, lay and, like, stream Netflix. Uh, 
And it got to this thing where we're like, you know, I would lay on one side of the couch, like kind of right with my head on the like arm, and she'd lay on the other side on the left. And like every two episodes, you have to like switch because you get like a weird crick in your neck, and you, you know, you're just you got to stretch it out, get the blood flowing again, and flip sides. And we were just like, well, the ideal life would be able to just kind of lock in here on this TV. And we're like, we could do it. We could get a sectional. They're not that expensive. We're in my 30s. Uh, and she was like, look, I mean, that seems great. I just want to be honest about this. Just so you know, like, I, you know, you're very chivalrous. This is how this relationship works. If we get a sectional, I'm always going to get the sectional part. And I was like, you're right. You know, fair enough. Uh, you're my queen <laughs> or whatever. Uh, but then that's even worse for me because now I'm always on the left side and my head's always up on that arm. That's going to fuck everything up. Like, I'm going to, like, get off the couch after a normal weekend just, like, mainlining shit I don't even like. Like, oh, let's try Bloodline again or whatever the fuck. Just, it's only 10 hours. Uh, no offense if you all made it. It's fine. I just, it's a lot of time. Uh, and I'm going to, like, one leg is going to be longer. I need to wear special shoes and shit and have bed sores because I don't change sides. So I was like, okay, well, maybe you can get, like, a U-shaped sectional that's like two sectionals so then we both could, you know, live our best lives. She's like, no, that could work, that could work. I mean, it's big, but also then, what are we, do what's the middle part for? You know, why would we get a U-shaped one? Like, what kind of weird-ass dinner party are we gonna have where we invite over one other person, we both lay down horizontally and then they sit between us? Like they're fucking chaperoning us? What? That's not gonna happen. I was like, yeah, you're right. Maybe we don't even need the middle part connecting the U of the sectional. So we're going back and forth trying to design our dream sectional setup. And I realize at one point that what we're both arguing for is two hospital beds. That is just the life we want to be leading. We were like, well, what if we could get a U-shaped sectional with no middle part, but like we could kind of control it and go up and down. But because sometimes we fall asleep and roll off, there was like a metal guard that could come up on one side of the sectional. And you know, and so for spills, what if we just fucking put sheets on the sectional? That way we could change them once a week. Or God willing, Obamacare could send someone to my house twice a week to do it for me. Maybe there could be a fucking hole in the center of it. So if I make a mess, it just goes through in a pot and then we just run it through the dishwasher. Anyway, we're sad people. I'm Max Silvestri. Thank you guys very much. Max Silvestri, you guys. Oh man, this has been a fantastic show and it's going to keep being fantastic because this next comic is a friend of the show. We love it when she comes by. She has a fantastic podcast called I Seem Fun and a book coming out called I Know What I'm Doing. You guys, please give a warm welcome to Jen Kirkman. Um, address my outfit in a second. This is a vintage 80s um, Sasson jacket. And uh, these are new reissue uh, kind of 80s style sneakers. And when I'm out in the world, it feels very fashion forward. And then when, when I come to UCB theater, I feel like a 24-year-old boy in an improv group. So I feel like this outfit here looks too... It's hard to explain. When you're a 41-year-old woman, you will understand the 24-year-old UCB uh, uh, humor. I have been in LA a long time. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm wearing a shirt with a pun. All right, listen. Shh, shh. Everyone calm down. I have a... Um, <laughs> I was going to do a different bit, and then I'm going to do this other thing um, in honor of Cameron and, and the, all the women shit. And so... Um, but I would start like this. I... 
uh, turned 41 this year, and it was different than turning 40. 40 is fun and exciting, and it's a fun number, but you're not really old. But 41 is like, then people forget. Now you're just in your 40s, and you're like, wow, nine years to 50. That's really fucked up to think about. And so I, I wanted to get a tattoo on my 40th birthday, and I just thought it would be a fun thing to do. I've never wanted a tattoo because I don't know what I would say. I think there's two kinds of people in life um, who get tattoos. It's almost like having kids. You have one or you have a bunch. Like, it's just like some people just want one. They're like, that's all we can handle, you know, and then you just, that's it. And so that's, I'm the one person. I don't. I don't, I'm not the kind of person that gets a bunch because it's artwork to me. I need to have something that means something. So that's why it took so long to think about what I would get. And when I was 40, I had an idea for one. And I went, let me just give it a why. Like, if in, if in a year I still feel this way, then I'll get it. So, you know, because my friend got one. She's just one of the one and doneers. She got um, something on her wrist that had something to do with her grandmother who had been in the Holocaust. And my friend, her life is not anything like the Holocaust. So that's why she got it was to remind herself no matter what, I have it pretty fucking good thanks to people that, you know, were so brave that survived the Holocaust or didn't or whatever. Okay, so that's great. <laughs> so I thought I need something like that, like an inspirational thing. So I went this year and I was still, one year later, thinking of the thing that had been on my mind since I was 40 that inspires me. And I got it. And so on my ankle, I have here my very first and only, I think, tattoo. It says J.K.L. My initials are JK, but that is not why I got it. It is Matthew McConaughey's personal catchphrase, just keep living. <laughs> I have lived 41 years. I've met all kinds of people. Not one situation has inspired me, except for Matthew McConaughey's, <laughs> a thing I read in an, now let me tell you the story. It's pretty interesting. When he was filming Dazed and Confused, his father was dying. And he didn't know what to do with the grief. And when he talked to his father on his deathbed, his father said to him, Matthew, just keep living. That's it. So that's what I put on my body. Not, not as good as someone in the Holocaust, maybe in their story, on their deathbed, but whatever. We all have our own things. And so... That's on my ankle. The problem with it is that it's a Matthew McConaughey catchphrase. Um, I really hope we don't find out anything bad about him. I can't imagine if I had tattooed hey, hey, hey on my ankle at one point. Um, the only other problem is people go, what does that mean, Jimmy Kimmel Live? I'm like, no, it's not Jimmy Kimmel. It's another fucking celebrity. Thanks. I'm not. <laughs> but anyway, so at 41, what, what came with it was that sense. So hey, my parents were mad at me. I was afraid to get a tattoo because my, I thought my parents would be mad. And they were. My dad was furious. They saw it on Instagram. They saw that thing. They zeroed in. They saw I had a tattoo. My dad called me, those things are permanent, you know, <laughs> yelling at me at my age. I am old enough to be his mother if life was reversed. Does that make sense? <laughs> so, <laughs> they're fine now. They're fine now. My mother, when my father gets mad at something, takes the opposite. I, I'm sure she is just as upset. 
but she doesn't want to look uncool. So she's like, I love it. I think it's wonderful. What else are you going to do, Jen? Like, what else are you going to do ever? I don't know what she means by that. I would get a butterfly on my, if your father would, you know, he wouldn't like it though. That's right, mom. That's the only reason why at 77, you're not getting a butterfly tattoo. My oppressive father. Um, So when I turned 41, I became a little bit of a hypochondriac, which I believe is normal because I, in in middle age, if I'm to think I might live to 82, which I think I've got the genes for, but we've got a Pacific garbage patch and other such things. So I don't know how long I have. Um, So, but I do think, okay, well, I've probably lived longer than I will have left, which is fine. But I, every day I'm like, what's it going to be? You know, it's like you're living in a horror movie in a haunted house. You wake up every day, like, is it going to get me quickly? Or is it going to be following me around for 90 minutes? You know, you don't know how death will get you. Am I the first character in this to go? Or am I going to be, is there a sequel? So now here's where I ded- dedicate this to Cameron. This is a story about my period. Um, now a lot of people say uh, female comics talk about their periods a lot. I think Cameron has a, a joke, a story about a period. And then I don't know anyone else. And maybe I don't, so I don't understand. Also, we should talk about it because here's the point. I want to get, you'll see what the funny part of the story is, but I need to explain a, a period to people. We all know, you know, we talk about it, we, men or even women, if you don't have your period for some reason, get, see a doctor, but you know, if, it's a thing we talk about, oh, my period, my period. I just want to be very specific. A period happens three to five days a week, starting when you're anywhere from 12 to 16, for once a month, okay? And it's, you're bleeding the whole time. Now, I don't know if men really understand what a period of blood looks like because if you're in a uh, relationship, maybe your girlfriend's told you, hopefully, but hopefully she hasn't shown you, right? I don't think we need to show people. I mean, it's not a shame thing, but like, why? You don't have to go, we get it, okay? But what I don't think you understand is period blood is not blood that's like what I call finger prick fresh blood, right? That's not what period blood looks like. Period blood is stagnant stuff from the lining of your uterus that comes out when you don't uh, have a baby. And so it's a little thicker, sometimes a little darker. And so we go, oh, that's what period blood looks like. Every month this happens to us, and not once do we go, what the fuck? Like every month we go, oh, that's a period. And it's amazing to me because think of things in, in your life that you do, like if you throw up. We know what throwing up is. Our body is getting rid of something that shouldn't be there, just like a period. And every time we throw up, even though we know it's normal, we're like, I'm dying. Every time. You're like, I, but I think this time is never going to stop. And I just think, and then, but not with periods. We're just like, yeah, no, we know what that is. Never question it. Maybe we should. <laughs> right? But we're like, yeah, whatever. So this one morning, now my period's never been late. I'm a very lucky girl. I don't get cramps. I don't get any of that stuff. I get it every 28 days. I get it on Wednesday mornings usually at 9 a.m. I'm not even joking. I'm on the pill, too. So, but not, even when you're on the pill, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be that precise. So this one morning, a couple weeks after my birthday, it was, it was uh, I woke up and I went to use the ladies' room. I have two gender bathrooms in my apartment. <laughs> and... Um, I went to the to go pee and I looked in my underwear and there was what I call fresh blood prick of the finger underwear my uh, blood in my underwear and I went oh my god what and I looked as you do to see if I'd cut my vagina in the night <laughs> because it wasn't time for my period my period was not supposed to come for ten days and I went fuck did I 
sleepwalk in the night and sit on glass. What happened? Because this is not my period, so I must be bleeding. And when I noticed it wasn't, this was not cut, I was like, I'm dying. It's coming from my kidneys. Like a cat. Have you ever seen a cat when they pee and there's blood? I wasn't peeing blood. There was just blood coming out of this area of my body. And I went, I'm dying. So I peed, no blood in the pee. And I'm like, this is even worse than I thought. My stomach is bleeding. I have ulcers and internal bleeding. This is it. This is how I go. And I had to go away the next day to go do a road gig. And I was like, I can't die alone in a hotel room. I can't. Because people think it's suicide. She was so lonely. And I want to yell, no, I was bleeding. But they're going to just think it was my period, right? So... Then there's going to be articles. Are comedians actually depressed? Are women on their period? Is it worse than we thought with the depression? So I call my doctor. You've got to fit me in. I think I have internal bleeding. She goes, you might want to go to the ER. I go, just want you to see me first. And then we take it from there. Because ER is expensive. If you need a recommendation, it's a whole thing. I don't think it's called a recommendation. Whatever they call it. <laughs> you need to get on a list. Anyway, I'm almost done. So I, I go to my doctor. She's of the gynecological nature. She looks in there and she goes, now what's the problem exactly? I go, the bleeding. You see it, right? She goes, yeah. I go, that. She goes, that's your period. I go, no, it's not. You know why I know? Because that's supposed to come for 10 days. She goes, it's early. I go, it's never happened to me before. She goes, okay, congrats. Your, your first early period. I go, but how do you know? And she goes, I go, I think it's internal bleeding and I'd like to get a second opinion. She goes, do you know how I know it's not internal bleeding? because it's happening externally. And I was like, that is a fucking good point. I never, that's why people die from internal bleeding because they don't know they're bleeding. So if any of you ever think you have external bleeding, even if it's a guy, you don't get your period, you cut yourself and you go, maybe it's internal, it's not. Everyone is fine. And so I couldn't believe she said it's, you've had your period for almost 20 years. And this is the first time you didn't know what it was. I was like, yep. And she was like, well, I guess it's going to happen sometime. She handed me a tampon like a dentist hands a child a toothbrush and said, like, go get them. And she goes, it gets weirder after 41. And then the door shut. And I was like, what does, like, my period or just life, like, strange shit has happened. Like, there's Bernie and Trump or possibly president. I'm like, maybe that is because of me. Um... Anyway, well, I don't have internal bleeding yet. Um, and when I do, please remember this set and be like, she was ahead of her own time. Um, all right, thanks again. Thanks for having me. Jen Kirkman, you guys! Jen Kirkman, you guys! <laughs> what a show. This has been a great show. It's been a great show, yeah? Yes. I love that external bleeding. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, because it's on the outside. That makes so much sense. <laughs> doctors are doctors. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's my catchphrase. You could get a tattooed if you want. <laughs> doctors. R then R. Little teeny R with little... <laughs> doctors. Doctors are doctors. Doctors are doctors. You guys, that's Rhea Butcher. Cameron Esposito. We are here every Tuesday night. Please have a great rest of your week. See you next week. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together.
hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point, and we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> Ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.